Nightlife with Philip Clark on ABC Radio. Joining us for a look this week at Tech and Tech Talk, Asha Babashow, who's the editor of Gizmodo Australia. Asha, good evening. Welcome to Nightlife. Hi, uh, how are you doing? No, no, I'm very well. Uh, for most of us, of course, the tech we're most keen to learn about probably is the smartphone. And Samsung's about to launch some new Galaxy phones. Asha, what is new with these phones and how different are they? Yeah, so since the last time we spoke, Samsung kicked off 2023 phone season. So they announced <laughs> the launch of... <laughs> they announced the launch of the flagship S23, mm -hmm. a more premium with a plus on it, so the S23 Plus. Uh, and adding an Ultra on the end of this is is the most expensive one that will set you back anywhere from $1,900 through to $2,650. Heavens above. For context, the iPhone 14 Pro Max is $2,700, so it's uh, about $110 cheaper than than the, the top tier iPhone. But yeah, the, the Ultra is the most impressive. Uh, it has a camera system that absolutely floored us, 200 megapixels. So for some context, Google's top tier phone has 50 megapixels and the iPhone 14 Pro Max has 48 megapixels. So 200 is a lot. Really? That's an extraordinary difference. What, what actual, what difference would users notice with that level of resolution? Yeah, so I guess more clarity in, in photos. And look, even going from previous uh, iPhone or Google phones to the newer models, you can notice that the camera quality is, it just looks more realistic. But with such high megapixels in the camera, you also kind of get stuff you don't really want to see. So let's just say a close-up selfie. You can see uh, things on your face such as pores, wrinkles that you might not want to. Uh, but it's, it's really just clarity. So if you take a photo of something, say a building, uh, the ability to zoom in uh, closer to that building um, exists, it's, it's really just about just having a – it's really just a battle for the better camera, isn't it, at this stage? Yeah, I mean, they're at a stage of evolution cameras now, uh, sorry, phones and, and cameras in phones too now, aren't they, where the differences seem quite incremental at the at the upper end. Is, is that so? Do you think, I mean, are we at a stage where people are thinking, do I really need to upgrade my phone anyway? Yeah, so that's kind of what we come across when we're reviewing new phones. Uh, if we compare them to the previous generation, so the previous model, they're not that much better. But yeah. if we compare it to, say, the, the same model two three years ago it's miles ahead uh so that that's kind of with the with the cycle of maybe phone plans as well so you get a 24 month phone plan so in theory every 24 months you buy a new phone not necessarily every year um and for some of us that does extend longer to three four years depending on how slow and how useless the battery is by the time you're ready for a new one mm. Yeah, that's almost what's what's driving it now. I I would think, isn't it? Because people's need for extremely high end cameras in their phone is probably limited to quite a few people. Absolutely, and there are a lot of phones from not the the you know not the big three phone makers that don't focus on camera quality, and with that, they they, they can you know offer the phone for for less than a thousand dollars, quite less than a thousand dollars. So mm. if cameras aren't that important to you, then there's no need to spend this much money. Yeah. All right. So what in terms of in terms of uh, of browsing speed and 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 so on, which is what a lot of people use their cameras for. 
is there a lot of difference between what's going on between the brands? No, uh, and it comes back to the, it just one-ups the previous generation a little bit. So again, you wouldn't notice it too much. Um, when you unlock the phone and you, you see your phone take it back, take take you back to the home screen, for example, that's the, you can notice the refresh rate there. And a lot of that is powered by software. Um, so it's not necessarily that you're getting a, a, a faster phone, you're just getting faster software that works with better hardware mm. so it's it's kind of in unison that that happens but again the biggest notice uh, sorry the, the biggest uh, the, the best way you'll notice that is if you are going from a two to three year old phone to the new one mm. they, we, uh, sorry Asha, go on no i was just going to say that you know and you can update your software as well so you can have a lot of the features that exist in the new phones uh in, in an older model phone obviously there are limitations such as you know, selling points of of these new models, but you can still get a lot of what you can get in the new phones in an older one. It's just a little bit slower. The battery life isn't as isn't as long, um, and the camera quality isn't as good. Mm. I'm with Asha Babashow, editor of Gizmodo Australia. We're talking about new phones. I mean, there was a bit of competition for a while with screen size, isn't there? That that seems to have settled <laughs> down because partly because of practicalities, I suppose. I mean, how big is your pocket? Uh, is there a kind of sweet spot for screen size now, do you think? Well, I'm probably the worst person to ask because I like the biggest phone possible. Um, <laughs> the, the kind of joke, the joke in our team is that I may as well just use an iPad yeah, as a phone. <laughs> um, but I wear, I wear glasses and when I'm reading on the, the Pro Max iPhone or the uh, Google 7 Pro, which is the biggest screens, I don't need to wear glasses to read. And my, my font isn't necessarily up huge it's just that the clarity and crispness of the display doesn't mess with my eyes and i can see it on a screen that size so mm. i'm um, i'm going to forever be a big phone person you're a big screen person okay fair exactly. enough <laughs> speaking of st- stuff that can be seen there's been a lot of discussion in the last week or so about uh, surveillance chinese surveillance and so-called weather balloons and so on last week uh a government audit found that uh, Chinese-made surveillance cameras and intercoms and electronic entry systems and video recorders were being removed from government buildings. What, what's the actual concern here? Let's talk spyware. Can what what is what 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 is the actual capability of a surveillance camera to collect and download things back to some uh, what black box base in mainland China? Yeah, well, look, if you have if, if you have a, a security camera in your house for whatever reason, and I know that a lot of people post-COVID returning back to the office mm. wanted to set up cameras to see what their pets were doing. So if you just use that example where you've got a camera in your lounge room that is, uh, you know, watching your cat or dog while you're at work, seeing what, seeing what they do during the day, there is the ability, as with every piece of tech, uh, there is the ability for some one or some to so to speak hack into that camera to be able to view that footage remotely from mm. either their machine themselves so their, their laptop or uh, the, the concern is from the HQ of the companies that make these products mm. How, uh, um, yeah and that's relatively straightforward hacking is it well look it, it if you've noticed that your computer, we'll look at it from a computer example. If you notice that your computer or device is behaving differently, such as it's slow, playing unusual pop-ups, uh, you can run a scan to locate spyware. 
but a device like a camera, uh, if the feature has been built in, so the ability to remotely access it without your own set credentials, mm -hmm. uh, but it's been set up at, at manufacture by the company who made the camera or the government that runs in the country that that company operates in. That's what we're talking about of the, when it comes to the concerns of, of politicians at the minute in, in using these security cameras and devices that are from Chinese-owned companies. Mm. So if so, if it's baked in, if it's a baked-in feature or behavior of the camera, it's not as easy to detect as it is, say, just running a scan on your laptop. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right. We were speaking um, last time about the uh, about scammers. We were talking about scammers last night in our issue of the day too. How scammers have become very good at impersonating trusted brands, including the tax office and MyGov and the lot, and how the Australian Communications and Media Authority is now set to investigate what measures it can take to, to combat such sender ID SMS scams. Uh, now the ACCC is using Valentine's Day to get the message across. Asha, how, how are they doing that? Yeah, so I, uh, Valentine's Day is a good as day as any to bring scams to the forefront. So um, they're, they're using, the ACCC is using the opportunity to remind those of us that are being courted, wooed, pursued, what's the, I don't know what the 2023 term is, but if someone online is paying attention to you mm. uh, in, in a romantic way, basically they're just saying, pay attention to the signs. So some of those signs are if they can't meet in person, uh, if they try to evoke empathy, so presenting a story of being divorced or widowed or with a sick child or children, uh, to that vein if they need help with a crisis, so asking for money for an illness, um, even if they claim to be financially stable, that basically the ACCC is, is using today, uh, using Valentine's Day as a, as a way to, to remind people that in 2022, Australians lost $40 million to romance scams. So it's just a, just a way to kind of bring it to the forefront and check in with friends and family that might be taken advantage of. Yeah. Speaking of e-security and such other concerns, the Commonwealth Bank's also announced a thing called Name Check which is a way to confirm that your money's going where it should be. Uh, well, that's not yet a thing. How, how come you, you would think that would already be there, wouldn't you? Right. So, yeah. So I, for the longest time, despite my job, uh, I thought that when you transfer money in Australia, that it was confirmed by the banks that, you know, by either your sender bank or the receiver bank. Um, but, yeah, banks don't actually check you've got the right account name and number or um, or that the recipient isn't a scammer. Um, so, yeah, the, the Yellow Bank, we, we like to call Commonwealth Bank the Yellow Bank, they've announced this brand new feature that's called Name Check, mm -hmm. um, and it's basically what it says on the tin, it checks the name. Um, so the tech kind of exists to give customers an indication of whether the name and account details they entered look right. Um, as for the how come, it takes a little bit of tech investment spend, and it seems Commonwealth Bank decided it's money worth spending. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would have thought so, because as you said, it, I mean, conceptually, it can't be that difficult, surely. Absolutely, but we've kind of we've kind of got to take a step back and, and remember that a lot of this amazing stuff that we use in our daily life mm. has had years, if not months, of R and D go into it behind yeah. the scenes, and with every bit of R and D, we that needs money spent on it. So uh, you've got to wait for a company to spend the money to see something, you know, to see something is worthy having the money spent on it. Hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I know that Australia's eSafety Commission has asked uh, a lot of these associations representing online industries to 
to come up with, well, well, to respond to areas of concern and resubmit draft industry codes that include, you know, some more and better community safeguards. What are they wanting to find out there? Yeah, so, yeah, so if we cast our minds back about 18 months, a bit longer, the government was back and forth over new legislation that would give the e-safety commissioner sweeping powers to, among other things, but the main kind of item was order the removal of material that seriously harms adults. Um, But there was a something called the BOES, which stands for Basic Online Security Expectations, and they would allow the eSafety Commissioner to hold services accountable. Um, So we reached a point in that discussion in November where the platforms themselves would be developing the rules. So think uh, anyone from Facebook through to uh, online gaming services where there's a chat function, kind of anything that that covers the scope of of online social interaction. Um, But they they would be the ones, the platforms would be the ones developing these expectations. But eSafety said just last week that they weren't convinced this would work. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. While we're talking about or worrying about forms of Chinese tech, that is their cameras, (laughs) (laughs) there are some uh, welcome other forms, namely cheaper electric vehicles. Australians have long uh, complained about the fact that we seem to be a dumping ground for ice cars here, the internal combustion car, and we don't seem to get many uh, inexpensive EV options, but there's a new Chinese one coming. It's called the Aura. Tell us about this one. Yeah. Yeah, so I love your segues more than anything. Um, the Aura is the latest EV from GWM, which uh, you might know as Great Wall Motors. Mm-hmm. Um, and although it's launching, a, so it, it, overseas it launched, this vehicle launched as the Aura Good Cat, or the Aura Funky Cat. Okay. Um, we're just we're just getting the Aura. I personally would like the Good Cat or Funky Cat, Monica, but whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, as you said, it kind of enters the market as a as a cheaper EV option. So if you live in the NT, you can get away with spending forty four thousand four hundred ninety dollars. Um, with West Australians having to pay the most for the same car at forty seven eight hundred ninety one dollars. Um, so based on the, that NT price, which, which you can kind of think, uh, the rest of the states and territories sit in the middle of those two extremes. Mm. The Aura will be the second cheapest EV you can get in Australia. So it's beaten only by the BYD Auto 3 at 44381. My car's only worth $2,000. So that's a lot of money to spend on a car still, even it's though it's still a lot of, as, yeah, as cheaper. It's still a lot of money, isn't it? Then that's the thing that's bedeviling it, I, I guess, the take-up at the moment. It's still regarded as, a, as if not a luxury option, it's certainly an expensive option for, for a lot of people, uh, particularly right. as these, these small EVs aren't, uh, aren't all that optioned up, are they? No, but I, I mean, a lot of there are a lot of things holding Australians back from the uptake of EVs, and we could spend a whole we could hour or so talking about it. But another thing is that there's still this kind of unknown. So it does an EV does promise to have a better cost for the not necessarily even not even considering any of the environmental benefits you get out of it, but just the the cost is a little bit more than you would pay for a petrol guzzling car. Um, but in the long run you know, that the price comes substantially under what you pay for a petrol car. Mm. But I think we're just, we will get there in Australia. I think we're just at such an early stage of take-up because there, there kind of hasn't been, short of, short of Tesla kind of taking off in Australia, there hasn't really been too many people that know someone with an EV, for example. So once we get to see some people that have had them for a few years and the cars are still in as good a condition as they were when they purchased them, 
and like I said, any number of reasons why we're not taking them up. But um, I, I think there might also be kind of a lack of brand awareness or hesitancy to, mm, to pick up a course. car from a brand that we're not sure of. Yep, I think all of that's working uh, is uh, at play too. All right, Asha, good to talk as always. Thank you. No, you're welcome. Thank you so much. See you next time. You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast. For more great conversations about the issues that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au slash nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife. 